Praise God. Caleb, would you go ahead and, and put those uh, other pictures up? I've got some great news to tell you today. It makes me very, very happy. Uh, you know, we've been working and striving so hard to, to get some property brought in Kenya. And uh, just you can just flip through those pictures. Uh, I've got three of them there, these kids. We're already doing a feeding uh, over there to... I don't know exactly how many children, I mean, you can look at that water kids right there and uh, see, but we've been trying to purchase land. And since the pandemic hit, it, everything over there got messed up and uh, we've been fighting and fighting and struggling, struggling to get the land purchased. But then land, buying land in Kenya is very difficult because you have to be proven that who owns the land and has to go through this major Cordell. Good news is tomorrow we Pay for the land, and it's ours. Amen. So our goal is to be feeding a 1,000 children a day there. That's the goal. And uh, so uh, as soon as this is uh, finished, they're going to go in there and just, you know, basically clear everything off of the, the land and get it ready. And then they're, the Frasers and the, the Tates and the whole water are all going to go over there. The Reigns isn't going to go over there. And Ivan and all of his family and look at it and get every, the plan about what to do and how we're going to set up buildings and what we're going to do over there and to get going on that. So amen. amen. So once we get through this tomorrow, glory to God. All of y'all have been praying for that. Thank you so very much. That is a great deal. And so, you know, and, and the, the deal on Bethany, that uh, Sister Annie down there, you know, we've been working with... with um, Bethany Outreach in Mexico for years. I mean, you know, 25 years, 30 years. And uh, I mean, it's just truly amazing what's going on. And they're just having just extremely, even though they're under extremely hard conditions uh, with different things going on in Mexico with, you know, you've got the, the drug cartels on one side, you've got COVID on the other, you've got the government standing in between, you've got corrupt police, you've got all this stuff. They're just flourishing. Uh, the churches are flourishing. Uh, we're sending money down constantly, and I'm not talking about little money. I'm talking about a lot of money, just pumping it in there and saying, man, go for it, go for it. Don't let anything hinder you. Uh, this Pastor Marco said he was talking about down in the state of Oaxaca. He's, this man is unbelievable. I've, if I've ever known a true apostle, this man is an apostle. He goes from town to town, villages to villages. All he does his whole life is sewn into the ministry, starting churches. I don't know how many. We're talking... We're talking 80 plus churches that that he goes and, and governs and he was doing it all by bus. And so I said, that's ridiculous. And so he got all excited because he thought he had enough money to buy a motorcycle. And I said, Lord, God, don't want a motorcycle. They get killed down there. And so anyway, so we're buying him a car and said, they'll get you a little car, a little truck, something like that you can go around in, because he's just unbelievable. He just goes in and has his ability to go in, gather people, starts house churches, gets them going. They get up to be 60, 80. If they get more than that, well, then they, we build them a church. And uh, they just keep going like that, and one on top of the next, on top of the next. And, and this guy's an unbelievable teacher, and he's an unbelievable writer. He writes a whole lot of books and stuff for that we use in the ministries and uh, down there. So it's just, he's an amazing, amazing, amazing man. And so anyway, praise God, we're all going to be a part of that. Amen? Amen? So we are trying to just do everything that we possibly can. So praise God, here on the home front this morning, talking to all you amazing men and women of God this morning. I got a message for you this morning. And uh, uh, so get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Mark chapter 13. Those of you that know Mark chapter 13, you say, uh-oh, pastor's going to be talking about the end times. But actually, I just want you to go to verse 37, the very last verse there, 37. Mark 13, 37, it says, and what I say to you, just as Jesus speaking, he says, and what I say to you, he's talking to the disciples there, Right? I say to all, so then that includes us. Watch. You'll see that. He said, and what I say to you, I say to all. Watch. Now, that word watch means to give strict attention to, to be cautious and active. That's what that word watch means. In other words, it's not just like eh, looking out the window. 
Y'all with me? It means to watch, it means to be attentive, to don't get distracted, to take heed, least through remission, some destructive calamity suddenly overtakes you. All right? I don't know about y'all, but every day I wake up, whatever I hear on the headlines, I mean, it's like, I, I, you know, it, it's kind of like you don't think something else could get worse or whatever, and then it just does, you know, just no, next thing and the next thing and then the next thing. Till finally, like right now, I'm kind of numb against it all. It's like, I mean, if they, if there was a deal said, uh, you know, a herd of buffalo run down through the middle of Washington, you know, wouldn't it surprise me at all or something, you know? I mean, oh, buffalo got loose, you know, run down through there, you know? I, I, I just, you just don't know, you know? Um, and so it's real easy to get distracted. It's real easy to get caught up in everything. It's real easy to get say, oh my gosh, you see what they're saying? Oh, look at this and all that, you know what this and that. And so we have some victories, like the heartbeat bill going to be signed this week by the governor, you know, have a great victory. Uh, and then there's something else that, you know, you're like, <laughs> but Jesus has already prepared us. Listen to me, church. I'm going to talk to you this morning. And these, I've got, I think, nine points. I'm going to go through them fairly fast. But you need to write them down because these nine points are a battle plan. Because I'm telling you, I've told you this and I've told you this and I've told you this. And I, I don't want to be like the Apostle Paul standing in the middle of the storm, turning around, saying to all the people on the ship, I told you this was going to happen. You should have listened to me. I don't want to be that person. I want you all to be right here with me. I want us to go as one army, all fighting with all of us in agreement together, moving forward. Okay. So let me just back up here for a minute before I get into the, any more of this. Some of you are too young. I can't believe that I can say this, that I'm, I fall in the old folks group, that you don't remember what happened when President Carter was in office. But if you remember the late 70s, the early 80s, it was a transition. You know, we had Nixon's problems in the 70s, early 70s, and then uh, Gerald Ford took office after him. Uh, those, this, I, I'm looking across, I'm seeing young people around here thinking, Paul, but I don't even know who I'm talking about, you know, but Gerald Ford was the guy that came to San Antonio, remember, couldn't, couldn't figure out how to eat the tamale, tried to eat it with a shuck on it. <laughs> that's one of my, that's one on my list, one of the things, if you don't know how to eat a tamale, I can't trust you, you know, you know. <laughs> I mean, literally tried to cut it with a fork, said, oh, this is pretty good, it's kind of tough on the outside, you know. Take the shuck off, boy, what's the matter with you? Anyway. And then we had Carter, and Jimmy Carter was president. And then, you know, if you remember the 80s, we had 22% interest rates. We, you know, everything went crazy. Banks started closing. I went broke. Um, we lost everything. Lots of farms and ranches were, were all during that period, you know, caught up in the mess. And, and it, was, it was rough. Everybody say it was rough. Okay, so if you live through the 80s, you know, then you, you can understand what I'm talking about. Then uh, Reagan got in office and then, uh, you know, it took a while to get things changed and turned around. And then finally, his second term of office, things got better and we began to get back into a good flow of things. OK, now that was roughly 40 years ago. OK, now, if you know anything about 40s. Moses. 40, Jesus, 40. Everything's 40s, 40 days in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness. You know, it was 40s. There's a lot of 40s in the Bible. It's a biblical number. And things happen in 40-year cycles. Okay? So any, any you don't have to be, you don't have to be a, a, a Bible scholar or spiritual person to just know that what I'm saying is truth. Okay? E even uh, economists will tell you this. We're going these 40-year cycles. We're repeating a 40-year cycle. We have another president in that's like Carter was. We've got the same things happening, the same things, same thing. Why people don't learn. But anyway, so I, I told you all this before, and I want to tell you again, I don't see good in our future, in the natural. Hear what I'm saying? I got a big smile on my face this morning because I think some good things are going to happen in the spiritual. But I'm talking about in the natural. I think there's going to, we have rough times ahead for us. Matter of fact, so much so that I asked uh, one of the ladies here in our church that I knows, knows how to do canning and stuff like that, and I said, hey, would you be willing to teach a class to everybody how to, how to can? Because I think you may be glad you had some canned food in your 
pantry. Okay? We won't get Big Earn teach us how to make barbecue. <laughs> no, nah, we're not. We're just going to keep him supplied. But anyway, we're, I, I, I'm going to do, I, I want us as a church, see, the greatest thing that we have is friends and connections. All right? And that's going to be very important, very important in the future. Okay? Today's dinner on the grounds could mean the, mean whether you live or die in the future because of friends and relationships. We need relationships. We need to know people who have something that know something that you don't know. All right? So anyway. So we've got to get our mind on straight. We've got to get our head in the game, church. And I want to tell you something this morning. And I, I didn't drink any more coffee or, or take any more B12 than usual or something. I, I mean, I'm just feeling in my spirit that something is right here. I feel like this service today is, is, is paramount and is, 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 is something God is doing. I think I feel like we're from here on, we're rising up. And, and, and I'm excited about what the future holds for us. Because I believe we're about to step into the greatest place of the supernatural. Let me explain why. During the 80s, also something happened. The last really big movement that we saw where uh, there was a lot of people coming to Jesus was really the 60s and the early 70s when we were having the Jesus uh, movement go on. But the problem was is that there wasn't any there wasn't really any church structure that could handle it because the church had gotten so rooted and grounded in just traditional religion that when all the tattooed hippies came in, nobody wanted to mess with them. They're too weird. And they wouldn't fit in the pew. It's the truth. And that's why I'm glad we're like we are because, you know, I mean, hey. You know, come on in. You, you just be weird like the rest of us. I mean, we're all goofy. I mean, we're all crazy. I mean, you know, that's just the bottom line. So, so that's the kind of church that Living Waters is. We're not looking for pretense. We're just looking for real people. And so in the 80s, of course, 85, I went broke, but I came to Jesus. And as I began to, you know, start working in the church and being a youth minister and going on youth trips and stuff, and I was asking other people, there was a lot of pastors that are pastors now that got saved at that time. There was a move going on in that time through the trauma and the trial that was happening. So what I'm saying is I'm seeing, I'm, I'm expecting there to be a move. I'm expecting there to be something happening goes along with the trouble. Okay. But on the spiritual sense, a good thing. I'm expecting there to be some growth. I'm expecting there to be some, but I'm praying that it's bigger than it ever was then. That we enter into more of a greater supernatural uh, move of the church all the way back to the 1900 Azusa Street Revival and that kind of uh, move of God. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can't make it happen. If I could, I've already would have. All right. But I can't make it happen. But God and his timing knows what's going on. All we can do is watch and get ready. Watch meaning being attentive, being, being, uh, being on the edge of your seat saying, ah, it's about to happen, it's about to happen, and getting ourselves prepared and getting ourselves where we need to be so that we're ready to move. So when God says, hey, bring your tools and come over here, you already got the tools. Not, oh gosh, God's moving. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, you already have a plan down. You already have something in place. You're already ready to go. Okay. So we have to change our mindset because what the devil wants to do right now is he wants you wrapped up in all the, the, the whatever you want to call it that's going on. Okay. He wants you all wrapped up in there every day saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is, they did this and I can't believe you did that. And what are they doing over here and da, 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 and getting all caught up in all of this. Okay. What we need to be doing is moving forward together in unity as an army of God, that's what we need to be doing. I can't worry about the other churches. I can't worry about, you know, what's going on in the mega church and all this stuff. I guess I, I, I can't trouble myself. I've got enough to deal with on my own plate. I, I can't, I, I just, whoever God sends in my path for us to work with, we'll work with. But other than that, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and we're going to keep going on down the road. And I, I'm not going to mess with that. God brings it 
We'll do it. If he doesn't, whatever. Okay? But we got to get our minds straight. We got to get in the game. We got to know what the prizes are. We got to know what the strategy is. We got to, you know, be listening to the voice of God. This is what we have to do. So the very first thing is, is we have to have a kingdom mindset, not a personal mindset. For so long, the church has always been to where it's about you come to church on Sunday morning so that you can learn something about the word of God so that you can apply it to your own life and build yourself. But if you go read the Gospels, you go read through the scriptures, you go through read Jesus's teachings. He never was talking much about himself. He said the greatest of all is the servant of all. Right. You know, the disciples, they got it messed up. I still can't believe James and John talked their mother into going up and sitting on to Jesus and trying to beg him to give them a better position in heaven. That just blows my mind. And those people were hanging around the literal, the son of God, seeing miracles take place. He says, hey, mom, go over there and see if you can get workers in a better deal. I mean, rats. But you see, they were thinking about themselves. Even in the kingdom, they were thinking about getting a better position for themselves. And Jesus said, what are you talking about? And he took his, his garment, and he goes and washes their feet. And Peter said, oh, you can't wash my feet. And he said, if I don't wash your feet, then you're not with me. You're not going to be with me. He says, I'm trying to show you here that you, if you're going to be, if you want to be big in the kingdom of God, you must be the servant of all. Now think about that for a minute. Isn't that interesting? Because most people, <clears throat> in my experience, limited experience that it be, most people who want a place of preeminence want to get there by making everybody do it their way. Not coming in and saying, what can I do just to serve? Because you see, when people are ambitious, then they're trying to get to the top. But they don't realize that in the kingdom mentality, you get to the top by being the biggest servant on the bottom. Hello? So Matthew eleven twelve, Jesus said this. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Do you realize there is not a war going on in heaven? There was only one little skirmish that took just a half second before Jesus kicked the devil out and threw him down to earth. That was the end of it. There's not a war going on in heaven. What he's talking about is the kingdom of heaven, this mentality we're supposed to have of advancing the kingdom of heaven on earth and that we're receiving violence from it. We're not, we're, we're receiving opposition to it. You're going to see more opposition come the days ahead. Don't be appalled when all of a sudden they start turning on Christians that we're the problem. They already are a little bit, but don't be alarmed when it gets worse. Just say, oh yeah, you, uh, oh, I knew this was coming. Don't sit around with your mouth and say, I can't believe they're doing that. I say, I oh, know, Jesus already told us it was gonna happen. I already knew it was gonna happen. You see, a good fighter, boxer I'm talking about, in a fight, has studied his opponent, and he knows when his opponent lets his shoulder down, something's going to happen. He's already pre-thought out the punch so he can get his punch in. This is the way we need to be. We've got to quit being shocked that the world is turning on us. I told y'all from the very beginning, before the elections ever took place, that this election that was happening was not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about God and the enemy. Okay. So the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. You're in the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be established upon this earth. And it's receiving violence. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to win. Because we're going to learn and understand what our enemy is doing so that we can sidestep that, sidestep that. So he wants to throw a little fear on you that morning. Whoop. Oh, man, you just dodged that one. He's trying to throw some guilt. Oh, man. Missed it. You're already smart. You're already on it. What we usually do is the devil starts whispering to us. We start listening to him. And then before long, we find ourselves discouraged and depressed. Then we're saying, oh, God, what's wrong? Then we do whatever we do. God speaks to us somehow. And we say, oh, what was I doing? That's not truth. That's not what the word says. And then we get out of it. But we've already gone through this emotion, wasted all this emotional energy. Am I preaching to the right crowd this morning? 
Are y'all hearing me? You've already wasted all your emotional energy. You've already gotten mad and upset and gone through all the downs and the ups and the whatevers. And now you're all, you know, whatever. When the truth of the matter is, you should say, that was just, that was just demonic. All right? Okay. So we've got to get this kingdom mindset on. All right? Second one here. Ephesians 6, 12. You got to know your enemy. And your enemy is not people. Your enemy is not the Democratic Party, socialism, communism. Your enemy is what's behind it. It's the guy behind the curtain pulling the levers who's being influenced by the devil. That's who's your enemy is the enemy, the devil. It says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6, 12, and Against, but, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. That's who our battle's against. Folks, listen to me. I can't say it yet. I'm going to mess my points up. You've got to know your enemy. And let me explain to you your enemy. All right? The devil hates you. He hates you because you are mankind. He hates you because God loves you. He hates you because you were created an eternal spirit that's going to live ever for your whole life. And he wants you in hell with him. He does not want you to go to heaven. He hates you because he was thrown out of heaven. He just simply hates humanity. All humanity. The devil does not discriminate on color, race, anything else, you know, male, female, whatever. He hates them all. He just wants them not to have a relationship with God. Have you ever heard the little, have you ever heard a devil whisper to you, you should worship God today? No. He says, you need to get to work, you're late. Don't, you don't have time to listen to that music. You don't have time to read. No, 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 you're busy, the phone rings, whatever, something goes on. He's always trying to take you away from God, right? So you got to know your enemy. That's what he's doing. Listen, you say, well, that's just not fair. It's fair. It's only reason why it's fair is because you're born a human being. And he hates all human beings. Okay? Now, go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Romans 1, 1. So the second point is, Okay, first one is you got to get a kingdom mindset. The second one is you have to know your enemy. The third one is you have to know that you're called. Now, listen to me. Some of you said, oh, that's an easy one. I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm going to get you here. Romans 1, we'll start reading verse 1. The apostle Paul said, Paul, a bondservant. Everybody say bondservant. Of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and everybody say this with me. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Now say it with a little bit of a smile on your face like it's a good thing. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. Called to be an apostle, separated to the, to the gospel of God, which he promised before through the prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and an apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you, you also are the called of Jesus Christ. All of us are called, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all of us are called to be bond servants of Jesus. Okay? And the, and the Apostle Paul told us what we're a bond servant is to be doing. Right? Declaring his son to be Lord, that he was born of the seed of David. He was uh, declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness and by the resurrection from the dead. The gospel... Every one of you in here today, you contain the gospel message within you. Oh, you may not understand every, you know, end time theory and this and that and the other. And you may not be in, know the ins and outs of the book of Revelation. But every one of y'all are carrying within you the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That means you're able to stop someone and say, hey, uh, <clears throat> Jesus is real and he's the Savior. And you need to accept him into your life. 
That's the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. Now, I know if this is something you've not been real involved in, I remember my very first time I was going to go to the jails and preach. It was the very first time I was going to ever preach, and I was all nervous. And uh, so I thought, oh, gosh, if, you know, I, need to, I, need to, I probably need to write a sinner's prayer down, you know, so that I've got something I can read to the people, you know, because what if I get nervous and I can't remember something? And so two pages later, I said, I think you've gone overboard, Robert, you know, two-page salvation invitation. And so my point is, is that, yeah, sometimes you're nervous. Sometimes you like, oh, I don't know about that. But the bottom line, if somebody's hungry for Jesus, you have the ability to tell them. Right? Okay. So God has called you to be a bondservant. Okay. You have to get your mindset straight. You got to get that there's a kingdom mentality. We're all in this together, advancing the kingdom of God. There's no individual ministries. Listen to me. There is no individual ministries. It's Jesus's ministry and we're his bondservants bringing it all about. You're not, you don't get to be the great anointed prophet when you're over here. No, no. We're all in it together. So that includes you don't get to come to church on Sunday and depend on pastor to do everything. Believe me, man, Jesus changed it all around. I'd just soon go be sitting outside in the truck listening to the message this morning with the security team. The point is, we're all called. We all got to get in the game. All right? Okay, number four. You have to understand that you have mighty weapons. You're not a wimp. You're not a novice. You have mighty weapons at your disposal. I've been preaching weeks on faith, that you got faith, you know, faith and building your faith and strengthening your faith and this and that. You have mighty weapons at your disposal. Let me read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. War according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You have the ability to defeat the devil if you would use it. But here's our problem. We get indoctrinated with religion. And what happens is, is we just start going through motions and throwing up little prayers. And it's all just, you're just doing it. There's no, there's no inspiration in it. And what happens is, is we don't think our prayers are mighty. Folks, oh, if we could see this, if we could just see this. Stephen caught a glimpse of it when they're about to stone him. He's standing there getting ready to be, they're getting ready to stone him and take him out there. And he looks up to heaven, and he sees heaven open up, and he sees Jesus sitting at the, standing at the right hand of the throne of God. He saw that his prayers and his plight went to heaven. I'm, what I'm saying to you is every time you pray, the same thing happens. You just didn't see it. Every morning I get up around the same time, and every morning it's a routine with me. I get dressed, I go in there, first thing I do is I make the coffee. I get my cup of coffee, I sit down, I get my Bible out. I put my Bible on a little easel deal so I can sit up there because I can't see it. If it lays down flat, I put it up there. Put my glasses on because I can't see nothing when I wake up in the morning. And, and then I, I start talking to Jesus. It's a conference co- type meeting. It's not, I didn't light the candles. I didn't get the holy music playing. I don't you know, have little cherub angels singing over here. It's me and the Lord drinking a cup of coffee. But I want you to know something. When I speak and utter from that seat in my house, I have full well confidence that my prayers are being heard in heaven and full well confidence that that little conference that's going on with Jesus right then, something's going to move. And I may say, oh, Lord, oh, so-and-so is going through a rough time. Uh, Throw a little Holy Ghost that away. And I'm fully confident. I didn't, I mean, I didn't come and I didn't necessarily... You know, rebuke and bind the specific spirit of this and that and the other and tear this down from this generational curse and that and the other. But I know that God heard my prayer and I know that the way I prayed it, he's, I got the grace that it's going to happen. You with me? And there's times, I'll be honest with you, 
that I'm praying, talking to the Lord, reading my Bible, looking at that, and say, oh, that's a really good point there, Lord. And then all of a sudden, my mind drifts, and I'm off, and I hear the Lord go, oh, oh, God, I'm sorry, Lord, I got off over there. I was off thinking about something else, and, you know, this is my conversation. But even as lame as some person who may be more spiritually minded may look at me and say, well, that didn't work. Don't tell me it didn't work. I know it worked. You've got to get to that place. You've got to understand that your prayer life is a mighty thing that when you're talking to heaven, the moment you <clears throat> clear your throat and say, uh, Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus. Boom, man, you're in the throne. But see, if you're caught up in the first couple of points, then you've already let the devil beat you out of everything, talk you down, and you don't want to pray. You don't feel like God's going to hear your prayers because you're such you're in guilt of something you did 30 years ago, and you hadn't got that straight, and you still got damage in your heart, and you're still you know embarrassed about this or timid about that or whatever, 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 whatever. And so he's already got you defeated. That's why I love that song we sing so much. God knows my weaknesses. But I have a revelation on the inside of me that when I was in my worst state, he still loved me. And if he loved me there in my worst state, he certainly still loves me now that I'm trying with all of my heart to be the best that I can. Right? And he's going to do what Philippians 1 and 6 says. He's going to perfect that work that concerns me that he started in my life. And he's going to get me to where I need to be. And I'm not going to be behind the ball. I'm going to be ahead or at least right in the safe zone. Y'all follow me? I can't tell y'all what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, they, 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 this craziness of all this stuff and everything going on right now and everybody client talking about the big reset and all this stuff like this. Listen to me. All I know is I can't defeat those people in the natural. But I know my God. And it says those, Daniel 7 says, those that know their God, you know what they're going to do? Mighty exploits. So just the most important thing you can be doing right now to prepare what's coming in the future is knowing your God, getting your household in order, right? Know that you have mighty weapons. The fifth thing is you've got to know what the prize is. Okay. What's the prize? Why are we doing this? Why are we walking in this, 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 this mess? I won't tell you why. Don't even have to go look it up. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The goal is souls. Your soul and all the other souls out there. Souls, other people, people you know, your relationships, people you're going to run across, people that you're going to come across your, 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 your daily walk. Those people, souls is what the prize is. We have to have the mindset that we want to get as many souls into the kingdom of heaven as we possibly can. That's the goal, people. What's going to put a smile on your face is to go to heaven and see how many people's lives you touched and influenced by your actions, by your, your giving of money, love, time, whatever, that touched other people's lives. That's what you're going to, is going to put a smile on your face. Amen. It's souls, folks. Yes, Lord. And we've gotten into, especially the American mentality, is, you know, we're, we're building our own kingdoms. And it's not about building your kingdom. I'm not against having a big kingdom. Somebody want to walk up to me and hand me $100 million, I'm going to say, yeah, way to go, bud. Okay? I'm not against it. Somebody wins a lotto and wants to give me money, I'll take it. Man, don't even think. I've heard other pastors say, oh, this devil's money, whatever. I'll spend it for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's just dumb thinking. Ain't going to ruin me. Dump it on me. Okay, I'm not against wealth. We've got to have it to advance the kingdom. But what I am against is building your own kingdom. Are you building your kingdom or are you building his kingdom? And I'm about building his kingdom. 
I'm about trying to get as many souls to heaven as we possibly can. All right. The next thing is simply this. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. The next one is, is once we catch the souls, this is where they messed up in the 60s. They didn't disciple the souls. We've got to teach people. So listen to me. You've got to start dividing all of your friends up into two categories or all your associates or all the people you run across into two categories. Well, I guess you could actually say, no, just to say two. Are they saved? And then how much knowledge do they have? Because if they're saved, but they don't have much knowledge, well, then you're teaching them, right? If they're not saved, first thing is they got to get saved. You need to start looking at people that way. Every person you walk across, the, 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 the cashier that's, that, that's taking your, your, your money at Walmart or wherever you be, and, and, and uh, you got to look behind the mask and say, are you? See, makes it hard to know. Can't see their face, but you can look in their eyes. Hello? This is a mindset we have to have. Jesus in Luke 4, 18 said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, right? He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the wounds, to proclaim liberty to the captives, all this. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So your ministry may be a teaching ministry, a helping ministry, encouraging people like that. Your ministry may be just a salvation experience ministry and whatever, but we've got to have both of these going at the same time. Number seven, look, you can't do it in the flesh. That's what makes religion. If I just said, okay, here's the list. We all need to line up, do this, and everybody do this, and do this, and do this, do that. It it doesn't work. It's got to be by the Holy Spirit. It's got to be Holy Spirit inspired. The people you're talking to, the people you're you're ministering, it has to be Holy Spirit inspired. can't be done in the flesh. So quit thinking about right now, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Hey, if you're born again, you're saved. Jesus is the Lord of your life. You can because you've got the Spirit in you. Are you going to be a bond servant, though, that's willing to go to work? I'm going to scoot along here pretty quick um, and, and just throw out these scriptures. You can go back and look at them later. First Chronicles 14, 13 was when the Philistines were attacking Israel. And, and David prayed and he said, do I go out against them? And, they, and the Lord said, no, don't, don't go out against them like you're going to. Go circle around behind them. And then listen for the sound of the rustling in the mulberry trees. And when you hear that sound, that's my army. Then you attack. And he did it and he won. And the point is, is right now we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Quit worrying about the price of silver, the price of gold, what you should be storing, what you should be stocking, and start listening to the Holy Ghost. And if he tells you to go do something, go do it. How many of can I just ask y'all this question? If you don't want to raise your hand because it embarrasses you, go ahead. But how many of you have ever listened to one of these, you know, advertisements or... Uh, you caught something on like YouTube or something like that, that the guy was talking about, you know, the stock, everything's going to crash and you need to invest in this. And you start watching a little of it and then it kind of makes you anxious and you start going like, oh, God, should I? What? Is that ever happened to anybody? If you can. OK, I'm glad you raised your hand. Y'all were honest with me. I'm raising my hand. I was like, oh, God, should I be doing this? Oh, my God. What? Don't we say anything about that? I don't know anything about this. OK. All right. And then I stop and I pray. And I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want you to direct me. Because when you direct me and you're my financier, then, Lord, I always know that I'm doing what's right. And see, I'm saying these are the days we're in right now. It's like I told you, it amazes me, the Internet. The Internet can be an amazing tool of gathering information. But it blows my mind how you can go look something up and you can say, oh, I want to go, you know, is this the best? And you read it and there's, there's comments that says, this, this is the best, greatest thing I ever was. And you read the next comment and they're like, that's the stupidest thing I ever got. It's worth it. It's never worked. It. You, know, there's, you get the same thing. So basically you didn't gain any more information because you got both sides of the story. But we got to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. The eighth one this because I really want to get you on this one. First Corinthians seven, get you in a good way. Y'all can turn there. It won't hurt you. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. It says, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, 
so let him walk. And so ordained in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him become un- let him not become uncircumcised. Is anyone called circum- uncircumcised? Let him not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commands of God is what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Do not, become, do not be concerned about it, but if you can be made free, rather use it. But he who is called to the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called is free as Christ's slave. You are bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. The Apostle Paul's trying to talk to the church and saying, look, it's the message I'm preaching today. He said, look, guys, whatever you were called in, whatever you, you've, you've just fallen into in life and become, just do it. Just keep doing that. Just keep walking in that and winning as many people around you as you possibly can, preaching the gospel because that's what you were called to. Just keep doing it. And if God wants to move you into something else, he'll move you into something else. But don't sit around saying, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Do what you can do and where you're called at this moment. And let God direct you where it needs to be. I've always told you all that story about You know, I knew after I first got saved, I knew there was a calling on my life and I just was kind of scared to accept it. And and I I did. I did. Well, there wasn't no acceptance to it. It was either I was going to do it or, you know, whatever. It wasn't good. And so I just knew I saw this video of one of the deals where they're getting money for children in Ethiopia. And they just show all the flies all around them and all this stuff. And I just had this just in my heart. Oh, my God, if I say yes, I'm going to be sent to Ethiopia. I know it. I'm going to Ethiopia. It just looks horrible there. That's where I'm going to end up. I'm going to take my family to Ethiopia. That's where we're going to be raised. Oh, God, it's going to be horrible being in Ethiopia. I just knew it. Finally, one night, I couldn't take it anymore. Went outside, looked up the stars, said, God, okay, I just, whatever, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I remember the Lord spoke so sovereignly to me at that moment. And he said, why would I send you to Ethiopia? You know nothing. <laughs> and I was right. That's right. I hadn't even read the Bible. I don't know nothing. Why would you send me as a missionary to Ethiopia? I don't even know what to say. And I was just relieved, just like the world came off of me. I was like, yay. And then I got sent to Ethiopia. <laughs> Close to Ethiopia. So my point is, is where we were at. See, don't get all, all upset and oh God, I guess God wants me to start this ministry. I guess he wants me to go do that. I guess he wants, no, no, no. Whatever you're doing today, just keep doing it. If you're in a baking class with people, carry the gospel to them. If you're in a, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a waitress or waiter at a, and, and you're, you're around people, all the time, just keep saying, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, whatever. Just be the light in the midst of wherever you are right now and start seeing God move with you and let people be saved. Amen. Amen? That's what you're supposed to do. Now, the last one. The last one here, because it goes along with that one. i got to finish with this one. You've got to believe in the supernatural. Now, hear me, church. Some people don't like this because, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why all these craziness gets in people's heads about, you know, the supernatural. And and they always think God's going to be violating everybody's free will. Well, I want to be honest with you. I have never seen in the scriptures nor in my life God ever violate my free will. He's never come on me and made me do anything. I know people who have attempted to violate my free will. But we get scared of the supernatural. And so that fear kind of throws back because we're like, oh, gosh, you know, like we think we're, you know, I don't know what. It it, it depends on what, how you were raised and what kind of craziness, you know, you think could possibly happen. But we got to believe in the supernatural. Second Kings four, where Elijah told the woman, she, she came to him with this problem with her, her sons and out in debt. And he said, what do you have? And she said, I got a, a jar of oil, a pot of oil is all I've got. And he said, well, go get as many buckets as you can, get them all in there, bring them in here. And she started pouring that oil and it just never quit flowing. Folks, listen to me. We've got to believe in the days of the supernatural. Would it not be funny if they and them tried to squash the Christians out and cut our food supply off? But we just had a box of post-toasties that never ran out. I hope it's something better than that, but <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in my head. 
Oh, you had your long grain brown organic rice <laughs> that never quit pouring. Huh? You say, oh, that's this crazy pastor. Let me tell you what, there ain't no food around. You're going to be believing God for miracles. You're going to be praying for miracles. We might as well get to walking in the supernatural right now. Why not? Why would Elijah, why would God do a miracle like that for this woman and not do something for you? You have a garden, and, and it, just, it just supernaturally produces. There was a, a, I think it was in Guatemala, and they've actually, the, some of the, Ivan's family's been there and seen it, this region that they all, a revival hit, and they all got rid of and their vegetables just began to just grow huge, crazy. Why not? You see, folks, we serve a God who's supernatural. We are supernatural beings So the spirit of God on the inside of us. We've got to get geared up and quit thinking about the old Pentecostal kind of ways. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying don't let that mindset come in you and say that's the only thing God can do. You've got to get the new Holy Ghost mindset of the supernatural in your life. What is a supernatural? It's the natural supered. Right? The oil was natural. The pot was natural. The woman was natural. She's holding the boat. She uh, naturally poured it out. It was supernatural. It just didn't quit. But it was all natural. Y'all following me? Am I making sense here? I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all. I know without beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that we're going to come into a time in here that you good folks are going to be here at the church, and it's not going to be dinner on the grounds like we're going to all go over there and enjoy the dinner that we all brought in here, but there's going to be a supernatural dinner going on. There's going to be people coming from all over, and they're going to be coming here, and they're going to be coming here, and they're going to be hungry, and they're going to need to be fed, and I don't know for sure 100% that it's just a natural feeding or if it's a spiritual feeding at the same time, but there's a pot that's going to be put in there on the stove, and it's going to be turned, and it's going to be stirred up, and that thing ain't going to run out, and you're going to feed the people. You're going to get bowls, and you're going to take them to the people, and you're going to feed them, and you're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Everybody say, I'm going to do it. Gonna do it. it ain't going to be me. I can't do it all. Do you all understand that? We've got to get out of the mentality that we go to church and well, we'll let the pastor do that. No, you're called. You are bond servants of Jesus. I can't reach the people that y'all know. And when we get into this mindset that we're on all working together and we're moving out, folks, I'm telling you, the dynamics of the church are going to change. And this baby's going to get filled up. And then y'all say, okay, pastor, now it's your job. Build us another building. I say, well, I'll get her done. Y'all fill me up a church. I'll get a building built quick. We can find steel. <laughs> are y'all with me? Folks, and I'm telling you, these nine points begin to change your mindset. If you walk out of your house tomorrow, going to your jobs or wherever you're going, and when you're walking out, you're automatically taking a mindset that all the people you're going, they're either saved or need to be taught. Right? And you're going out there like that, and that you realize it's your job. And then whoever God lays in your lap, however it falls, whatever happens, whatever comes about in your natural flow, because it's not by the flesh, it's by the spirit. And you just start playing. Okay, Jesus, I thank you. Whatever I'm going, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to show me. Boom. You're going to see it happen. You got to have this kingdom mindset. If you don't, what's going to happen is you're just going to get caught up in the things that was going on in the world. You're going to get overwhelmed and you're just going to probably go crazy. Er. But I believe I'm talking to some mighty men and women of God. I believe I'm talking to people who are going to rock the kingdom. And I believe your best days are ahead of you. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet, please. I want to pray for you. Matter of fact, also, can I have my prayer team come down? You know, I was reading a book the other day, and I, and I kind of chuckled because it was talking about uh, needing to have prayer teams. And my first thought was, who doesn't? <laughs> These people up here, they want to pray for you. If you need anything, you want to get some agreement right here, they're here. Oh, they're, they're no more special than the next person, but they just love you, and they just want to pray. I believe with all of my heart that God hears, 
your prayer. Amen. And so if you're out there watching this today and you're saying, man, pastor, you're getting radical on me. I am. I tell you, it's time to get up. It's time to move. It's time to flow in the things of God. And so if you're out there and you've watched this message and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, then you need to. That's the very first step. You need to stop what you're doing. You need to right now open up your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want to be saved. I want to know you. I believe you are the son of the living God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me right with you. If you're in here today, that's why we have a prayer team here that you can come and pray with. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the first thing that you've ever heard going on. Well, listen, don't leave this building without coming up and praying with one of these people. My goodness, don't walk out that door if you don't know you're right with Jesus. If you do know you're right with Jesus and you want to be truly a bondservant of Jesus, well, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to do anything because God knows your heart. Because, see, I don't want to make some people a liar. I don't want peer pressure to get onto you the other way and you're going to raise your hand, but you don't really mean it in your heart because you're not really there yet. But I know God knows your hearts. So I'm going to pray for you right now. So, Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, you see us, you see every heart in here. Lord, I'm so glad that you only gave me the ability to preach. You didn't give me the heart meter. I can't look into somebody's heart, but you can. And so, Lord, I thank you right now. You see our hearts. You know right where we are. You know right what's going on in life. And I pray, Lord God, for people to rise up and get a kingdom mentality. I pray, oh Lord God, that we would truly become your bond servants, servants of you, oh Lord Jesus Christ, that we would see people who need a touch of Jesus in their life, see people who need to give their hearts to Jesus and be able to lead them, Lord. Be, be people that would be populating heaven. Lord, I just pray right now and I ask you to bless them, to open their eyes, to let nothing that get in their way, that anything has stopped them, anything has put fear in them, anything has gone. Lord, you just remove it right now so that they can be the awesome, mighty men and women of God that you have created us to be. I thank you for it. Lord, I ask you to bless it. Now, bless this time we have today. Bless this fellowship we have today. Lord, I just thank you that we get to know one another. We get to flow with one another. And Lord, we get to go to battle with one another. And I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church. I declare all the foods blessed. Go be blessed. Meet somebody new today.